So welcome to yet another episode of Career Conversations. So today I have on the show Professor Vinita Sahai. She's the director of I Am Bodh Gaya. And uh, I was quite fortunate enough to get her time for this show because I had requested her to come on this show and share her career journey, her perspective towards management, education, how that has evolved. So thank you for the time, ma'am. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, Anurag. Thanks for connecting. Yes, ma'am. So I'll uh, straight away plunge into the questions. So first of all, like before I plunge into the professional part of your academic journey, Please, uh, if you could just tell us about your formative years in Kanpur, uh, your family, your value system that you learned uh, a bit. Uh, yeah, I think uh, for the last couple of years that I've been working in Bihar, a lot of people ask me from where do I come from, where do I belong. And uh, I think my formative years gave me, a, gave me an identity which was Indian because I was a daughter of a defense production uh, officer. So we were posted all over the country. So I could never relate myself as North Indian or a UPIite or a Bihari or so on and so forth. So very early in my life, I became Indian and for which I'm very thankful to my father's profession of defense. Not only that, but frequent transfers gave us a very good, uh, you know, formative years because I think... Uh, in these years, you develop adaptability, you develop resilience, uh, you develop your basic interpersonal skills. So I think those were lovely years. Every two, three years, we would get uh, to a new city, to a new home. And luckily, uh, yes, Kanpur had five ordnance factories. So a very sizable portion of my uh, school time I had spent in Kanpur. Uh, what used to be known as Manchester of India, one of the most heavily industrialized town of the country. Uh, lovely years. Uh, I'm a Kendriya Vidyalaya product. Very proud of it because uh, all my teachers were PhD and they have a huge contribution in what I have become. We were a very small school and uh, what we keep talking about individual attention, and a small classroom teachers, a good teacher-student ratio is something which we were very privileged to enjoy. And yes, I was the youngest among three. So a lot of resilience you develop even based on that. So I do recollect uh, my father calling me a fighter right from very beginning. So uh, yeah, it has been a great childhood and a great uh, uh, foundation that my parents have been able to give typical middle-class officer, professional family where education is always on a very high platform because right from the beginning we were told that you don't open the So, uh, which later on in my class of retailing, I used to use this phrase that India there are so that the only way to motivate children to study is that you don't open the shop. So, yeah, it has been a lovely journey. Okay, so in terms of uh, the academic choice, because a lot of youngsters, uh, they have uh, different uh, notions about different courses. So when at those yesteryears, you chose economics as your pursuit. So you did an MA in economics with a gold medal, then followed it with a PhD and PGDBA in marketing. So what really uh, went behind this choice? Why not science maybe? Why not normal commerce? Why eco? and then marketing specialization. So these are typical 
no these uh, sound to be very simple choices but they are very complex ma'am when people really want to make these choices or does it just happen i think uh, your last part of the sentence was very correct it happened and you know uh, like i was always very young in my class uh, i think i finished my class 10th by the time i was 15 and in our times uh, this question was not so big at least to a teenager life what are you what do you want to do in life uh, i feel the current generation to be far less fortunate because poor guys they start facing this question very early in life and uh, here i would like to tell all my listeners all my students that it is pretty okay if you are not sorted in your teens it's little cruel in india that we do not allow our children our students to experiment uh, we were not lucky uh, at least when we were teenagers there were not much of psychometric profiling available there were not too many tests of aptitude tests available where people could guide us as to what we are meant to do and uh, so we did what uh, what was the best at that moment in time and we figured it out by hit and trial but i think uh, over years we have become very very demanding on our children on our students where we keep hopping a uh, student in class 12 that what do you wish to do you should be sorted your all your friends are sorted so here in especially i'm told that most of the students who are uh, listening to this kind to this channel are the ones who are into commerce and i'm so sure you took commerce not necessarily because you wanted to take commerce is just that you were pretty clear that you were not meant for science and in india still humanities well uh, i thought differently when i was in ncr but now that i live in bihar i do know that humanities uh, is not something which uh, sheer peer pressure uh, people don't take it up because it is uh, not a cool thing to do in your parlance <laughs> so uh, yes the students in commerce they are the ones who are bright don't want to take any other which way but yet are very clear that they don't want to do uh, science and physics and chemistry and it's pretty okay to be like that because uh, you know management education like many of you may aspire for management education it's good that you're doing your graduation it's good you're doing any foundation level graduation course and then possibly you will get into management education and management education is like starting afresh because we have all kinds of disciplines you have hr you have it you have operations you have marketing you have finance so and each requires a very very different level of intelligence now that people are aware of frameworks like multiple intelligences by dr howard gardner there are people professionals available who are able to guide you as to what your major talent is what your major skill set is what your major intelligence is so good that in the first year of mba we expose the students across all disciplines so that allows them to have a feel of all these subjects of all these streams 
and then they have this freedom to choose what they wish to specialize in which is very beautiful because there are students who would be extremely good with numbers and quantitatives they can very well be in quantitative based disciplines like operations and finance but there would be some who would be very good with people so they would do phenomenally well in hr or softer skills based uh, domains there are people who are born sales person so the marketing is very good for them so mba is that way a very open kind of a course especially a two year mba where first year you are allowed to experiment with all the disciplines and second year you can make your choice as to what resonates with you and as long as you are in graduation please enjoy commerce in any case is a very happening discipline because uh, it's uh, a direct pick up from life you see what's going on all around you it's all about economy it's all about commerce it's all about industry and which is which is what you study so you are actually very well placed and uh, sky's the limit i think uh, today that you decide um you have best of the opportunities available these days and uh, commerce or for that matter degrees like uh, ba llb and uh, ca they are very very useful undergrad uh, degrees as i feel of course which also lead to a full fledged profession but it also leads to a good post graduation like management or any other which you choose to do so it's, yeah. it's wide open for you so ma'am when you've taught at like you know a vast array of colleges uh, marketing ifi amit school of inspired leadership imt ghaziabad i am raipur now i am bodh gaya so how is marketing in the classroom evolved over the years so i remember like in our i am ahmedabad days there was this case study of britannia kha world cup kya yeah, you used to just scratch it on that thing and now you've got digital marketing and uh, neural uh, consumer behavior neuro consumer behavior so how is in that transition for you as a teacher over these uh, years yeah you are very correct uh, the marketing which i taught i think the earliest if i recollect is um, early 90s or maybe earlier than that uh, marketing has changed a lot though um, in indian context you know if you have not read kotler you don't feel that you've done an mba so the kotler still remains to be the bible but even the whole flavor but then you know the consumer has changed the the way we communicate has changed the way we uh, use our media has changed so naturally any any discipline would evolve so if i really wish to reach out to a 16 year old today i won't find him any other way or any on any other medium other than internet so naturally if i have to reach out to a 16 year old i have to be there on internet which is why digital marketing has become so big and of course uh, heavily accelerated by covid i think uh, this covid has really made the entire world very very digital friendly overnight uh, and uh, this is going to change the way people uh, would interact with technology would interact or the companies would interact with consumers in a very big way and uh, this for sure is not a short haul like you know other day i was uh, discussing uh, luckily we have as our founder 
one of the biggest uh, cosmetic giant like Nike CEO is my board member so we i was discussing it with her that do you think in this lockdown the sale of cosmetics have gone down that people are not going out and uh, we were kind of discussing that what are the kind of product categories which are getting impacted by covid and you know very beautiful insights came into discussion that even when people are at home somehow uh, cosmetics is a still what we call it as a low value luxury indulgence so if people cannot go for european holidays cannot go for cruises cannot go for any other luxury product at least you feel good about painting your nails or coloring your hair sitting at home so she was mentioning that there are few product categories where the sales have gone through the roof like hair color and the nail paints and all this and interestingly i was also reading another report that when the market opened up in wuhan in china people thronged the um, cosmetic stores so both ways you know that while they're in house the behaviors are changing and at the same time who knows uh, humans also have resilience that people may bounce back to their pre pre covid times uh, but for sure uh, even this covid episode is going to change humanity a lot going to change marketing a lot uh, i see huge upsurge in e-commerce i see huge upsurge in affiliate marketing i see huge upsurge in uh, influencer based marketing tactics and uh, strategies so these are some few more uh, going forward these are going to be the changes so youtubers and all these influencers are are now taking up the biggest budgets in any marketing company so yep over the years uh, things have changed but having said it the philosophy still remains the same i still love the definition of peter drucker that marketing is an act if done so properly makes selling superfluous it is still about identifying the needs of the consumers and um, servicing them meaningfully it is still about communicating yes the methods to communicate may change over time that for sure absolutely amazing and i would just wanted to add like there's a lipstick uh, thing that lipsticks sales have never come been up or down across recessions or boom but this is the first time that because of mass because there is no incentive to apply lipstick uh, people are going to have their mask on okay. <laughs> So maybe for the first time in the history of humanity, uh, the sale of lipsticks is going to go down. Plus, aspect like the rich will not want to wear twenty rupees mask, so they might have a Gucci or a Louis Philippe kind of a mask which is costing twenty thousand rupees because masks are a part of life for the next six months probably. So a lot of things are going to probably happen. So, ma'am, in the next What? question, huh? Status symbol. Huh? Sorry. Masks are going to be the new status symbol. <laughs> yeah, masks are going to. absolutely so ma'am like when you taught abroad uh, like in the arhus university of denmark as a visiting faculty for a long period of time uh, are the students abroad different from the indian students uh, in terms of their quest for marketing knowledge the case study method etc see uh, when you talk teach in a very different culture it's a huge learning for uh, it was a huge learning for me as a teacher uh, if i list down the learnings uh from my denmark experience uh they are immense 
first of all uh, one is technology and uh, platform base so they were we were using plat uh, platforms like blackboards and online exams even a decade earlier so i remember even in even 10 years ago all my exams were digital or were online so this thing which is now happening in india is not new if you have been teaching abroad uh, i think you know that denmark is one of the happiest country in the world so visiting that country for 9 years has been a huge eye opener i actually started noticing why people remain happy and what is the 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 crux of it that led to my own individual interest in happiness and after that i've been a long journey of doing happiness courses right from telvin shah to every like you know this whole personal journey as well a couple of more things i learned uh, denmark has one of the highest taxation in the world and still people very happily give it so i learned very basic uh, feeling and understanding about patriotism from them what it is to be like to love the country uh, what it is to be like to love your culture to love everything that defines you and you know um, like i keep telling my pgp class whenever i teach every every time every year in the marketing that all my jokes or anecdotes are going to be in hindi because i learned the importance of uh, you know national symbols like your own language your own culture and how important it is to weave the society together how important it is to have the feeling of nation first because for me a very simple definition of corruption is when you put self before the nation that for me is the definition of corruption so if those countries do not even know what corruption is they don't even know the word meaning of the word bribe if they still very happy paying 56% of their taxes what is that and first and foremost i realized that it was love for the country so i i think the one of the biggest take homes has been uh, my own love for my own country has grown tenfold times and i think i'm able to spread this feeling to my youngsters as well but yes in terms of uh, delivering in the class the students are much more mature uh, because unlike in india where almost the 100% uh, tuition fees is paid by the student family therein if you reach the masters level then very few people reach the masters level in those countries and phd's are very far and few and uh, uh, so if they reach the masters level they're very very serious about it and each one of them would have worked few years before and each one of them even while attending classes would be having at least a job so that was a very different experience from having captive indian residential students to those kind of students where they were multitasking and yet they were so good so it was uh, and of course they always call you by your first name india that is kind of it doesn't happen so ma'am in jan 2018 you became the second women director in the entire history of the iims and as the first director of iim bodh gaya in bihar so how was that in one it would have been a lot of uh, happiness but then when you would have landed in bodh gaya it would have been like a startup kind of an experience like you are an entrepreneur and you are now into it you need to set up this college and uh, so how was that entire experience of i because i think that is almost like a startup experience 
knew I am from the very beginning. Yes, exactly. You're very correct. How IIMs uh, get started is there's one director and then there is a bunch of very bright students and nothing in between. So I think almost all these IIMs are started like that. And on top of it, every stakeholder's expectation is a sky high. So whether it is a visiting faculty who walks in or it is a recruiter or it is some company who comes in for training or consulting or parents or students, everybody expects that it is an IM, so things should be world class. And if uh, I, I don't like to quote these things as to till how long we did not even had, like I was, I think uh, we were fourth year into existence and I was the lone employee of the organization. So that just sums up that how difficult it can be in terms of journey. And especially in this part of the country where uh, uh, there are land issues, there are uh, settling issues in terms of infrastructure. Yes, it is almost like a startup. Only thing is, uh, with an added grace of having a sky-high expectation from every stakeholder. Uh, but still, uh, the biggest um, uh, the, the motivation or inspiration is the brand itself. See, when we take up postings like uh, these, I think we decide for ourselves that, uh, yeah, those five acre houses to 1,000 square feet, small cubicle flat from best of the facilities to an absolutely city where even basic necessities are not being met. So we all come up with that kind of, uh, um, you know, we sign up on all these things. And uh, we always take these tenures as, I don't want to sound very cliche because it's too big a word, but these are humble ways in which uh, we can contribute to, to brand IM. These are humble ways in which we can contribute to the brand India. You know, because I do recollect my, I was lucky enough that way back in 1985, I think I went, it was a still West Germany and East Germany. And... Uh, or in the streets of Paris, they used to look down at us and say, oh, you brown Asian. And today when we go abroad, when we go to developed world, they always will have this feeling, oh, you bright Indian professor. So this journey from you brown Asian to a bright Indian professor, there are, I'm not saying the other brands have not contributed, but there have been two major contributions coming from two major brands, which is IIT and IIM. So all said and done, India has created these two very strong brands. And to be a part of that legacy itself is one of the biggest motivation. Every step that we take, every action that we take, we are always very mindful that we have to live up to that legacy. We have to live up to that brand. We have to live up to that promise to every stakeholder. So that, that strives us, that helps us in striving our best. But having said it, yes. Uh, being in a new geography in an area where there is not much of industry and commerce and uh, it's challenging, but that's worth it. Yeah, and the students were just amazing. When I visited there in 2018, their sheer excitement of having uh, people visit their campus, they wanted to learn. I mean, that was so nice that I still recollect. So my, I was just, uh, one of the students volunteered to drop me on his bike to the railway station because uh, somehow it was very so because they said sir you've come all the way from calcutta to mentor us 
why can't I drive some 20-30 kilometers? I'll do that. And I still remember that uh, thing. Students are like just amazing, and I am both gay as well. I think that's 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 a culture we are able to build up in a startup kind of a thing where everybody pitches in, fully understanding that yeah they can be constraints. So it's like uh, the beautiful feeling of being being in it together and still trying to live up to the brand. So, ma'am, uh, coming to the larger questions uh, in terms of management education, since you've seen it over the decades, so the media kind of paints a B school as literally a placement factory. So you tell them a college name and the youngster is made to believe that you go look up at their placement report, look at the median CTC, the average placement, the recruiters and that's it. But to my mind, B-School is much more than just giving you placements. They give you an, a knowledge for life probably. So why is this kind of a thing there and uh, maybe your views on that? I think... Uh... Everybody has their own share of blame in this whole thing as to why we landed up equating a B school with a placement agency. But yes, uh, that is today a reality. I do recollect uh, speaking to all my fellow directors and uh, deans and we all feel that this is a typical chicken and egg story. What comes first? The learning comes first or the job comes first? Should we focus on learning or should we focus on job? Because end of the day, especially in a new school like ours, there's always a limited bandwidth available. And where do we put that bandwidth is a very critical question. But having said it, I don't blame the youngsters because in India, you know, cat is not selection. Cat is more of an elimination. So if the uh, a student has been, uh, if a student has made it, definitely it is not just the student, but the aspirations of the whole family, of the whole ecosystem, which is, you know, un unhinging on him. So for them to feel that what is the ROI, because ROI is not just in terms of money, ROI is also in terms of hours and years that he has spent together to be there. Uh, it's only, I think, later on in their journey, they do recognize that it's the IEMs not just gave them the, the job, but also that learning. Because like you being a pass out of IEM, but today would recognize the contribution the professors made in your life. So I'm so sure going forward, these students would also appreciate and understand. But as it is right now, yes. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I joined you at one because just till about uh, 12.59, I was uh, sitting with my placement team and we were kind of uh, building up strategies for you going forward. And uh, yeah, we are, have to be mindful of the aspirations of our youngsters. And especially it, this year is going to be extremely challenging in terms of... Uh, I think everybody involved, even the recruiters, even the students, everybody, we are all in it together. So, um, but th that's, that's the whole beauty of it, that we all are together. So we figure it out, how to go, get out of it. But having said it, uh, uh, no point. Uh, what we can do, make corrections is, like I keep telling my PlaceCom team that uh, rather than this, what we have to do, is slowly and surely build up an ecosystem where we can give dreams to these students and also an ecosystem and a network and a 
and a mechanism in place where we can help them set up their own ventures. Because uh, if America became what it became, not just because of any other thing, but the enterprise of the people out there, the small, small startups, which, was, which, were, which, which are generally incubated in business schools. So if there's a fundamental difference between a Harvard and I'm in Dubai, I think it is in that, in that entrepreneurship uh, spirit, which is, there's a, there's a difference. So rather than, you know, complaining about it, I think we all should get together to create an ecosystem in a B school where we can slowly and beautifully shift the focus from uh, them becoming a job seeker to a job provider. Uh, but uh, cliche that it, as it may sound, it's not going to happen overnight because uh, I think you know that 100% of our students are uh, on are on loan you know the, it's only when you work in these kind of establishments when I came from a private school to a, to an IM I was astounded by seeing that how truly it represents the lower aspirational part of India almost all our students have taken loans which just because of the fact that we are Institute of National Importance all the leading institutions all the leading banks, they give them collateral free, very attractive loans. So, uh, which of course can also have a moratorium periods and they also have very, very soft loans. So in a way, these students can self-educate themselves, uh, but still EMIs are always on their head when they are dreaming. So how do we ensure that why we are equipping them technically to start a venture? How do we emotionally make them more secure? How do we emotionally make them more enterprising? Is a challenge which in a B school we have to develop, which somehow in American business schools they've been able to develop, and which is where I feel that uh, a lot of uh, people should come together. And uh, of course, government is doing their own bit. There are so many incubation centers and entrepreneurship cells which are being very nicely supported by so many government schemes. I think uh, VCs and private equity, everybody should look forward to campuses like ours where they can uh, give wings to the dreams of our students. And uh, that would be the best for the economy, that would be the best for the country because these students are diligent students. Uh, they've been uh, best of the lot, that's why they're there. They've been used to working 16, 17 hours a day. So, and of course, in a B school, we can give them ideas. We can help them develop fantastic new things. But the courage and the support uh, either has to come from the ecosystem, from families, from society at large. No, absolutely, ma'am. I completely uh, recollect the days that I am in Ahmedabad where... Uh, when I had gone there, I had this blog called cajobportal.com, which was just like a listing of the jobs. It was professors there, like Professor Arvind Sai, Sunil Sharma, who exhorted me that now you need to scale this into a commercial venture. And hey, this is how you go about doing this. So in a B school, there are so many people that you talk to and every professor is willing to spend time with you, sitting with you on a piece of paper, saying, hey, these are your strengths, your weaknesses. And yeah, I completely resonate with the fact that this can be quite a thing. So ma'am, like uh, since you work uh, 
so long. You, your students, as you said, 16, 18 hours, and you are almost would be always there. What is your formula for unwinding to rejuvenate yourself for the next day? And your formula for fitness, maybe yoga or meditation. You are in the land of both Gaya, the Lord of Lord Buddha. And <laughs> yeah, my uh, biggest uh, dream right now is uh, to set up a mindfulness center in my campus. Uh, because you rightly said that we are in the land of enlightenment. There is something in this geography. Uh, it's not by chance that the three of the most contemplative religions have emanated from this geography. So, uh, and I have, uh, as we say now, that a lot of pride have started taking th in things which are our own. I've learned it. So, uh, right now, this land is ours. This land is mine. Uh, the wealth of this place is something which is being treasured across the globe. Uh, it is a product, it is a service, it is something which uh, is needed badly in corporate world, uh, stressed out executives. So how do I make it happen is my current, um, you know, dream, I would say. Currently, I'm, I, I must admit, I'm not able to do much in this regard. I'm looking forward to some team members, uh, some like-minded people who can help me transverse this journey. But I see huge potential, huge need. I'm a, I'm a marketing prof, so I see it's a it's a, it's a need which we are in the right space to deliver. So uh, that's something which is uh, and uh, again I don't want to sound cliché, but uh, I just love when Abdul Kalam said that dreams are something which do not allow you to sleep so i think that that keeps me going all right amazing so as we head to the end of this show so uh, what is your final uh, advice to someone who would be watching this show an mba aspirant someone who's already done an mba anyone who wants to really make it uh, i will not say big in life but yeah someone who wants respect in society anyone what is your advice to a young professional uh, well, uh, giving advice again sounds very cliche, but be true to yourself. Uh, I am a very firm believer of uh, realizing, like Swadharm is nothing but uh, realizing your true potential. Uh, figure it out who you are, what your main talent is, what your main potential is. And then just use it for the higher goodness. And let me tell you, name, fame, money, big cars, big houses, everything else is a byproduct. So I think that's what I feel. Thank you so much, ma'am, for uh, sparing your time out on this show. And I'm sure that the audience is going to just love it. Thanks once again, ma'am, for sparing Thanks, time. Thanks, Adura. All the best for all your endeavors and times to come. Thank you, ma'am. All right. No Thank you, ma'am.